0: This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host,
1: David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Changing the world for the better. Ukraine President Zelensky has had an extremely productive past several days after a sweeping tour of Europe picking up billions in new aid, embracing European heads of state, and traveling in donated aircraft, he detoured to the Mideast to scold Arab nations for their support of Russia. Those Arab leaders can see the solidarity of the European coalition of support for Ukraine and economic banishment of Russia from the world community. They will benefit from the loss of Russian production in the global energy markets and Russian production capacity declines as it will long-term without Western technology. They also get to see firsthand that any Russian military kit that they have is inferior to ours. The Saudis benefit from having U.S. military equipment, but then again depend on us to have it serviced and upgraded. Note that there were two Saudis on the latest trip to the International Space Station, showing something else that money can buy. Then Zelensky traveled to the G7 summit in Hiroshima, Japan, in a French government aircraft, landing like a rock star. Further economic sanctions were extended to Russia to make it more difficult for them to fund their war. They had found ways to circumvent things such as the cap on their oil price, and adjustments were made to make them more effective. A few years ago, most would have considered the current coalition of EU nations that is formed against Putin and Russia would have been unimaginable, but here it is. It doesn't hurt that Putin is indicted as a war criminal by the World Court, something relegated to only the worst world villains, although that has not negated support for him in some dark corners of the United States. The meeting in Japan was a rally around Western principles of democracy, highlighting the economic clout of the G7, plus invited guests considered to be friends of the coalition. China fears a NATO-like coalition in Asia, but it is formed in all but name. U.S. hawks compare the U.S. Navy to China's and worry about our leverage. That's fine. We need more ships, so the alarm over the growth of China's Navy may provide the incentive to expand ours. The fact that we failed to respond to the recent Iranian capture of a couple of oil tankers in the Persian Gulf also sent a message that the world doesn't get to use our Navy for free anymore. They need to step up. First off, the Chinese Navy is not blue water. A lot of its ships would fit in our Lake Okoboji. In other words, most of it is incapable of operations outside the South China Sea. Next, when you add the navies of other nations allied to ours, the combined naval force that we have in the region far dominates. Japan has the second largest blue water navy in the world. India has a modern navy. China's navy would be useful to invade Taiwan, but pretty helpless in protecting its trade route to the Mideast and Europe. The rise of the coalition of world democracies against Putin and Russia has been sobering enough for Beijing that they have refrained from overt military support for Putin. If the sanctions imposed on Russia were imposed on China, they would implode like the air was sucked out of their economy. Being allied with Russia makes China a little stronger. A weak Russia is not much of an ally. Actually, they are a liability. This was one message that the G-7 intended to send. The biggest surprise of all from the war in Ukraine was the coalition of European countries coming together with the earnest well-commitment that they have made and followed through on to counter Russia. The second biggest surprise was the confidence and commitment of Ukraine to fight for itself. These two surprises taken together have changed the world for the better. The Ukraine offensive will begin when they are ready. They are building a new army with combined force types that should be able to execute comprehensive coordinated operations. The Russians have dug in and it has not worked to attack an entrenched enemy since our civil war. Ukrainian generals have not been that stupid so far, so why would they start now? They have been organizing a very cosmopolitan array of different hardware, training their troops and setting up the logistics to follow through on gains. My strategy would be to flank a portion of the Russian army somewhere and then encircle it, cutting it off from support. Any attempt by Russian forces to break out or others to break through would pull them from defense, which they are good at, to offense, which they are not, giving advantage then to Ukraine, which forces the Russian army off their game. Then demand surrender of the Entrap forces so that terms can be demanded, which, of course, would include withdrawal by all Russian forces to previous borders. The F-16s may play a role in the war, but I see them playing a bigger role after it in protecting Ukraine airspace. The F-16s would be the exclamation point to the words, we won. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110.
0: For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com.